You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from the third format, everyone's favorite buzzsaw. All right, Vocal Fam, we have a really awesome guest episode for you today. Sarah and I are delaying our Doctor Strange review for one week, right, Sarah? Got an extra week to go see it. So you've got one week to go see that. Get out there. Uh, Get out there and go see it. I I will tell you, how about mutually we share that we both gave it a B? Yeah, if you were like grading it end of the semester, giving it a grade, we'd give it a B. We gave it a B. We gave it a B. So uh, that's... uh, that's where we That's are. That's as far, much as we'll say for That's now. That's as much as we're going to say. Uh, all right. We have a great group of us with us today, I should say, from the University of Urbana, Illinois. Right. University Ooh. of Illinois, Ooh. Urbana, <laughs> Champaign. I went out of order. Oh, my gosh. That's okay. It's you easy. got there. The problem is I try to see the letters in, in just the letters in my brain, and I didn't actually say words. I was just trying oh. to see letters. That's the problem. Anyway, we're going to talk about cross-training voices today a lot. It's going to be great. Um, yes. And uh, we've got some old friends back with us for many times and, and mm-hmm. some new friends with us today. Uh, so let's go, let, go around. We'll let the Vocal Fam know who you all are. Sarah, we're going to start with you. Fantastic. Thanks for having us here. This is an exciting opportunity for us. Um, and it's my first, first time, time here, so I'm honored. Yay. I am a contemporary voice specialist and resident director and musical theater coordinator for the Lyric Theater area in the School of Music at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, UIUC. It's a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Julie, tell us who you are. I'm Julie Gunn. Okay, Julie, we have we're having a little bit of trouble with your with your connection, but it, it uh, was almost like auto tuned. Like I'd love yeah. to put a beat under that. We'll 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 oh, we'll, cool. we'll, do, we'll do our best, vocal fam here, um, trying to make sure that this all gets through. Um, and, and then uh, our dear friend Yvonne Redman. Hi, everybody. Yes, I am. I've had the pleasure of being on the show before. I'm associate professor of voice at um, Illinois. Let's keep it simple. Um, Yvonne is like now like you're like a regular recurring character. Yeah, like you've you've actually you actually might be like on the on the co-starring level now at this Whoa. point. I mean, you're getting real wow. close. Winning. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it is one of my favorite podcasts, so I'm I'm so honored and uh, honored that actually you let us talk about um, really our cross-training program and building the cross-training program. Um, as I said, I'm Associate Professor of Voice here. I was a freelance soprano before moving here 14 years ago, thanks to Julie Gunn, and I'm pleased to be here with my two wonderful colleagues. Um, And let me offer some background history about how we know each other. Julie and I have known each other since our early 20s. Um, She and her husband, baritone Nathan Gunn, and I were hired for two summers to perform. She was coaching at Wolf Trap Opera way, way back. And we've been friends ever since. Um, They were graduates of the University of Illinois and... um, were hired to be on faculty. Um, my husband and I were looking for a change, and they mentioned Illinois, and we applied and got hired, and we've been very happy here. Um, when I came to Illinois, it was primarily a classical-only school with a with a new jazz program and some musical theater. Um, the directors since that time, though, have steadily been guiding our faculty to build and foster more diverse curricular offerings, bringing in new hires and developing courses that address many musical idioms and technology, for example. Um, we're a public land grant institution, and so it holds to the idea that 
uh, the school provide a practical education to a broad segment of the population. So our School of Music has been trying to broaden our offerings for that reason. And Sarah was hired with that purpose. So we were needing a specialist in music theater and contemporary voice pedagogy and literature, but also someone who understood how to build a program to serve these students and be a strong recruiter for this kind of student and program. And this is where really, really Sarah stood out from all others. And um, I just want to throw in that I actually got her name through um, Cynthia Vaughn, Nats member Cynthia Vaughn. She had a summer program in Colorado. And when I was there, I was hearing all these amazing, versatile students. And I thought, my God, this is, this is what we want for our students. And I kept asking, who's your teacher? Who's your teacher? And they all said, Sarah Wigley. Um, so when our job opened up, I cold called Sarah and said, hi, I know you don't know me, but we have this job and I just tossing it your way to see if you'd be interested. And she was. And here she is. That's amazing. our I love it. Um, 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 amazing. So that's the that's the back. Now, was where was that hire before or after Lyric Theater actually became a thing or not? Before. That we was didn't know. We didn't know what Lyric Theater was. It was not even... That hadn't happened yet. Mm -mm. It wasn't, it wasn't it. even conceived cool. yet. We just knew we wanted to branch out in our vocal offerings, our pedagogical mm -hmm. offerings and, and literature offerings, and also production offerings. And, you know, that's where Julie really is integral mm -hmm. um, as well. Um, but then Sarah came, and then I'm just gonna let Sarah run with that because she and Julie really uh, kind of made this thing function for us. Okay. All right. So Sarah, I mean, you know, you, so you come into this new job right. and these, you know, you know, this crazy soprano has, has asked you to apply for it. <laughs> um, and crazy indeed. Yes. <laughs> with love. I say that with the most. Um, but, uh, you know, so what happened? Like what, like, you know. Yeah. Well, it was a really, um, first of all, my job had so little description. Uh, because this is uh, truly, to be honest with you, I Fantastico. laugh. If I would pull up my job description now, I'd be like, this is nothing like what I'm doing. I mean, it's hysterical because when you're building a completely new curriculum and program, you don't really know what you need. So all, all that I knew I was going to be doing was teaching all types of voice to all types of students. That's really all I knew. And that was exciting because I was up for anything. And I loved Yvonne from the, just our phone calls. I, and I And I thought oh my God, this is a Big Ten University with a tradition of excellence in um, their music school. I knew that. And I am a classically trained singer who always loved music theater and, and was mm -hmm. kind of like this closeted, like many of us, right? Like, well, on the side during my undergraduate and graduate degrees in classical voice, during preparing for voice recitals was always doing musicals. And I, yeah. you know, always. Um, and people would always tell me in callbacks for musicals are like, God, like, you've got this perfect look for the role that I couldn't sing. They're like, are you a belter? Like, we really need you to belt this. And I'm like, I am a classically trained singer. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that. And so it became this like obsession of mine to figure out how to healthily belt or sing anything in a contemporary fashion while I was training classically and learning languages and um, learning role studies for operas. So when this opportunity came up, I remember I forwarded this to my, my parents and I said, what do you think about this? Is this crazy, right? Like I live in Colorado. I live in Golden, Colorado. I'm teaching at UNC in Boulder. I've got a studio on Pearl Street, like the heart of Boulder. What am I doing? And they're like, this is like your whole combination of everything you've ever studied and also done and what you're most, pa it's like, this seems like perfect, right? So I got to Illinois and I was ready for anything. I was like, okay, whatever comes, comes. And we spent um, Julie Gunn and Michael Tilly and myself and um, Nathan, when he wasn't constantly performing, would sit down for at least two to four hours a week when we, wow. when we first got together, just talking philosophically, just what do we think students need that's non-negotiable at the core, at the heart of it all? Like, that's not about the industry or what we think the industry wants. Um, let's take all of that away. And what's just non-negotiables that are deliverable skills that, that can lead to total optimal flexibility. And we would talk philosophy 
for hours and hours and hours. We'd look, we'd pull up curriculums that were successful, that people were coming out getting a lot of work and going, well, what's what's working for these programs? Clearly, um, what are they known for? What's what are the missing holes in BFA musical theater programs? Um, even if they're successful, what can we do that's different than all of those programs? That's the interface of a BFA musical theater program and a and a BM voice performance. What's not happening? And then we came up with this BMA, which is what we have now, Bachelor of Musical Arts, that really doesn't exist. Um, and it's been it's been in the catalog of musical programs and schools of music, but nobody really has that. And we were like, this is what we want. This is already there for us. So we're just going to go with that. And we came up with a four-year, very, very flexible degree, degree program after about a year and a half of philosophizing. And also, um, Julie Gunn will tell you that but 20 hours a week of coffee talks with dance and theater. Because the other thing about creating a really, really collaborative program that's, that interfaces in, in the most collaborative ways possible is that you have to have those different departments on board. Otherwise, it's never going to work. Because you can't just hire two people, myself and Michael Tilly, who's a collaborative coach and accompanist, and then say, yeah, we got a new degree. It takes it takes a truly a village. You have to have dance faculty that are on board. You've got to have acting faculty that are going to say, "Yeah, I'll, I'm willing to teach your students." Yes, how many? What classes are you looking at? How many classes do you need? Could maybe a grad student teach that 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 you know freshman class? Um, and that t- took tons and tons of meetings so that we we were offering something in return, right? What's the give and take? What's this going to look like? How is it sustainable? Is it sustainable? What what are the shared course numbers? How many credit hours is that? It's it's just so many meetings. Um, but it was great because we got to know the culture of not only the School of Music, especially me being new, but dance, theater. I just attended everything and got to what would be great for our students. Um, so then after about a year and a half, we had a curriculum set. And then comes the okay, undergraduate committee in the School of Music, what do they think? Then it's the School of Music faculty, and then it's the College of Fine and Applied Arts, and then it's the University Board of Regents. So by the time you get through all of those, um, that's another year at least. And I'm so proud to say that we got this whole thing accomplished from the inception of what is Lyric Theater, we're going to devise this degree program to passing it through all of these many, many, many different layers in three three years. So wow. that's really exciting. Um, so in 2017, it was fully fully developed and passed through through all levels of administration at the University of Illinois. And lots of coffee meetings. So many coffee meetings. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that's beautiful about what you just said, though, actually goes back to the genesis. You were the very, the very first, you know, year when you were just talking about just getting together and talking. Like, if I may, yeah. if I may... When we've had some really good curricular developments in my career, whether here or at my last job, it it was always in those... Too often, stuff tries to get proposed that didn't actually have those conversations first. Mm -hmm. You know, and we see this sometimes in a lot of different realms of our lives, but but I think sometimes we're, we're so fast to want to just pass something that we actually forget that it's okay sometimes to just have a philosophical discussion and just talk for a few minutes rather than it being about okay so now let's approve it let's let's vote right now well well okay but maybe maybe let's just now sometimes it can take too long if we're not careful <laughs> so i mean but but 3 years i think is a very i think that's reasonable. a i think it's a very reasonable yeah. it shows diligence but it also shows you know what what have you um, and I want to come back to some of this. So, so Julie, it, 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 hopefully we have you. How, how did you come then into this? Um, well, I was always in it, I suppose. Right, um, right. It, in 2013, I was an artist in residence at Glimmerglass Festival, and I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, and at one point, I... I went home and visited Jeff McGee, who was then the School of Music director. And Jeff is a musicologist who really, really loves Golden Age musical theater and um, and Tin Pan Alley, things like sure. that. Yeah. And we had been talking for many years about how to incorporate musical theater at the Arts at Illinois, Cranert Center, and um, 
dance, music, and theater. And it's just, you know, the big trick is um, it's so interdisciplinary, it's not clear who's going to be in charge. Mm. And right around that time, the uh, director of the opera program moved on to a different job. In fact, a different continent, different hemisphere. Oh, wow. Australia. (laughs) And and he... uh, and I happened to be the person who showed up in the office right after, right after he announced his his uh, resignation. And Jeff said, you know, if you want to spend some time this summer thinking about how to do that, um, how to have some musical theater, this would be the moment. Mm. So I did. I spent a, a lot of, of hours looking at Lake Otsego and thinking about that, talking to different people, and. We came to the conclusion that it didn't need to be a conductor particularly or a singer particularly to run it. It needed to be somebody who knew the the repertoire and knew the the way people put up sung theater and it needed to be somebody with good relationships and that we could hire different directors, different conductors, different skill sets as we needed to. That's kind of how we started. And then uh, we just had the conversations that Sarah's referring to. The trick is really just that when people graduate from their, uh, with their bachelors, they've only had four years and it's, it's really hard to, to put in that much material yeah. to, um, to their heads and to their bodies. And, and we had to come to the conclusion that we were not going to get fully anywhere that they were gonna to continue to learn after they left us. Mm-hmm. So the, the thinking was what, what sets them, what gives them an idea of how to work? What gives them an idea mm-hmm. about, about their life's work um, that we don't wanna leave out and, and that will get the foundation right? So we came up with three three core values, as they call them, um, flexibility, creativity, and wellness. Nice. Uh, so the idea is that I think wellness is probably the first among equals there. So if you're vocally healthy and mentally healthy and physically healthy, you should be able to sing lots of stuff and you should be able to move convincingly and you should be able to handle the pressures that performing or other types of work put on you That's right. and then from there proceeds probably flexibility and that's where Sarah and Yvonne have been so help, helpful to technically be able to help students analyze what they have to do with their body to make the sounds they want to make but of course they don't get to choose what makes someone healthy I mean that's just how your body is <laughs> you know they're, they're just physical limits to, to a, a human body. So that's where it comes back to wellness. And then creativity wasn't just our idea, but there's been a movement in, um, in music schools and conservatories across the country to, to think, you know, we don't want just people mimicking what they have learned before. Mm. And I right. think that's a big part of, of it for us. We say to them, you know, we will be in a nursing home and you will be making some decisions about titles that we don't know. If you're just basing your choices off what your teacher told you that in 1950 was the case, you're not going to be able to really participate as a leader and as an artist going forward. So uh, they may be super creative people. (laughs) They may be super good performers. They might be one or the other. Um, But we want them to be thinking in that way so that they have the, the building blocks to choose. They have a body that has certain, certain requirements and properties. And, uh, and then there are scores that they need to be able to look at and say, is this something for me? Do I like this? You know, what could I do here? And I know we always need help doing that. I'm not saying we don't, but that's basically our thinking. And then uh, what course offerings they are called, we did have to work out. And as Sarah said, the thing that's great about <laughs> lyric theater, the, the concept of lyric theater, like opera and musical theater and new works is, it touches almost everybody. You know, all the composers need to know about it. Even the musicologists need to know theater. Everybody sees themselves in it somewhere. 
So it was a little bit, you know, the musicianship teachers and the piano, group piano teachers, I don't know, a million, you know, the jazzers, everybody's in lyric theater at some point. And so the, the challenge from an interpersonal point of view is to say, we see what you do and how important it is. And the fact that we're not going to do that 100% of the time is not in any way uh, a negation of how important you are. It's just that we, we have to do everything. And so, you know, we, we're going to have to, to balance that. And I think we're pretty successful at that. You know, um, my two colleagues on this call are, I don't know if you can see them, podcast listeners, but no, there's, no, no. There, there's, there's, there's no video portion <laughs> no to this video radio show. Yeah. <laughs> so they are some of the most charismatic and loving and, uh, and popular people. And so we've mostly just tried to leverage that. <laughs> And a little bit of knowledge. That is that is <laughs> that is definitely true uh, uh, on a popularity scale. As Yvonne, I think has maybe two episodes in our top ten of all time. So, because <laughs> uh, right. uh, Treble Extremes is up there. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, but, 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 no, that's 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 awesome. I will say something on 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 the note of the word lyric. Um, I, I, I also like it very much because I do think it represents kind of everything that we do in the vocal arts in terms of when we are singing on a stage. That is very much a representation of all the diverse different things that we do on a stage as a singer, which mm -hmm. is why I used that word also when I branded <laughs> our opera and musical theater productions lyric stage at MC this year. So forgive me for stealing your word. Yeah, um, no. I mean, I think it's catching on. Yeah. Go ahead, Julie. <laughs> wasn't our word. I think that was Greek. Sure. It, it, precise, yeah, precisely yeah. that. Um, but but I but I also like it. I mean, I, I just thought it it encapsulated what we were already doing, and we were just trying to come up with a way to brand what we were already doing. Um, yep. You know, and 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 so. Uh, but but anyway, I, so I'm curious as, as we go to you know the uh, some of the voice side of all this. Um, I don't I don't know. Are 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 these students? Um, you know, we've been talking about this idea of cross-training, and we've had many episodes on cross-training, I mean, at this mm -hmm. point, from Norman and Mary's episode on, with, with their book um, to just, you know, me and Sarah talking about what in the world it is that we do um, yeah. on, a, on a daily basis. Do the students, if they're, you know, involved in this major or what have you, are they studying with, with someone specifically when they're studying contemporary singing? Are they just studying with someone just in general? How, how are you all handling that aspect? aspect of things so the students come in and they study with a member of the voice faculty and that means that they're concentrating on basic technical skills solidifying before we do any contemporary like now it's advanced like you know riffing like we don't actually sure you know we don't want them to think about that until they understand fundamentals uh, so we collaboratively teach very quite a few students and that doesn't happen until the junior year so for instance okay. Yvonne will have several freshmen all the way through the end of their sophomore year and then many of them say I love singing classical repertoire I love folk song I love golden age musical theater where I'm able to ex like experiment with this fuller sound and and being like a little higher tessitura and then they also study with me so they have two lessons a week and I even though I did all the you know Mozart stuff and I can teach that I've become more of a contemporary voice specialist so I teach the pop rock techniques and I teach the contemporary music theater singing styles um, and they'll have a lesson on Monday where they focus on you know lyrical really lyrical repertoire and do the languages and then maybe Thursday they come in with me and then we do a Beyonce cover or an Ed Sheeran cover and all the Jason Robert Brown and all the Adam Guan um, and work it all and and lots of times I like to do a little bit of whatever they're doing in their classical lesson just to kind of bring in the similarities and go this is not like we're in Antarctica and Mexico this is like <laughs> we are you know Champaign-Urbana is where contemporary and classical voice lives so that they don't have this notion of I'm putting on a whole different hat now and you know like I did this one thing with Professor Redmond that's super different with Professor Wiggly it's like there's so many similarities mm -hmm. going on having two people is really I mean, I, the students advance so quickly because it's not just one person's uh, perspective, subjective 
perspective. It's another person is validating that information that's coming in and is able to sort of also see the blends of them. And so that has been advantageous for us in ways I never imagined were possible. And um, it really, the students enjoy it, we enjoy it. And, um, you know, it's great for me. So for example, I have, I have a BM in performance, which is our classical undergrad degree and was really struggling with vocal fold closure and unstable vibrato for what seemed to me more time than we really should have let. And so I said, you know what, why don't you just start singing me some of your uh, music theater pieces? I just want to hear you just let the sound out and release it. And she did a beautiful job. And I was like, okay, now I want you to take the, uh, that song you were singing, the classical one, and I want you to sing it in that voice. Mm -hmm. And I really don't want you to change a thing. I want it exactly as you delivered it and everything balanced out. So, you know, that is, I mean, that's not our discovery. I mean, Spivey Barton have been telling us this all along. And um, to see it actually work is a beautiful, incredible thing. Um, and, you know, I'm convinced that it's, it's an easy thing to do. Um, and it's so beneficial for everyone involved, everyone. You know, sometimes I get a, a student who's very strongly music theater, chest voice singer, and to just explore head voice with them, which they can then take into their lesson with Sarah, and then she can also incorporate that in their material. It's it's a it's a win win for everybody involved. So yeah, well, you know, Yvonne, when you say that, I, I think sometimes that just the very ability to sing in different styles means that you have you're making choices you know we usually talk about that from a dramatic point of view but but if you're locked in people can i i really believe people can sing wrong in many different styles um and and if you if you balance that as just a as just a professional practice uh, a grown-up you know you keep yourself from going too far in any one direction because we can get into weird habits and if we start to hang out with people who all come from the same sort of school sometimes they don't hear it you know if you right. sing only like verity you start to get a little bit of verity mannerisms and if you sing only mm -hmm. basic and paul ditto and sometimes just singing the other thing even if that's not something you're eventually going to make a ton of money doing it still corrects those tendencies that we, you know, we need that to discipline ourselves in. That's so right. And I mean, as Yvonne knows, because I mean, I've, I presented this for her class and, and whatever. I mean, I agree with all this very much. Um, you know, it, I, I've even come to the point now where, and Sarah can testify to this because, Sarah, my Sarah here uh -huh. in, in on Vocal Fry, um, uh, because she's, for the first time, she's been working with me this oh, yeah, spring, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we we took her very strong musical theater singing and applied it to some basic concepts of classical singing. And I mean, I don't know. I thought we found some fullness in your e extreme top. Yep. That uh, some sounds she I hadn't didn't made realize before. that she could sing a high D like that. I didn't know I could sing a high D like. <laughs> And, and, and like, yet, yeah. no, I was like, no, but you can mix a D, D5, so I promise you can sing a D6. Well, um, and it turns out I could. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? But I've even, you know, come to the point where I don't even, I, I, I like, I, I'm now, I even don't even incorporate it different exercise to different exercise. Like, I'm, I'm really into, like, this has been my, like, year this year, has been how can I make you make these noises in one single vocalese? Yep. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yep. To, and then take that and apply it to the repertoire that we're doing, what have you. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I, I just think it works both ways. And it even does, as Julie was just saying, it really even applies to different kinds of, of, of within a, a genre. Like I have a client who, who um, great singer, pro singer, whatever, has sung a ton of contemporary opera, like, like contemporary, mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. atonal and this kind of that and the other, and has also sung a, in, in their previous 
early journey, sang a lot of Baroque music, sang a lot of coloratura stuff, but now is singing with a lot more fullness, preparing our first Puccini role for next season. Wow. And, you know, and to get them to sing Legato has been a challenge. <laughs> but even that, because they're locked into this precision of, uh, you know, and so, like, finally I'm like, no, I need you to sing it like you've had three cocktails. Please. <laughs> and then all of a sudden this week found Legato... <laughs> And it was like, this is this is terrible. I'm not singing any of the right notes. I said, oh. no, you're singing legato. And <laughs> oh, I see. I think I think I figured out how I might have done that wrong. I actually had the cocktails. Oh. <laughs> okay, so okay, I get it. There we go. I'll fix that. I, you know, I mean, hey, listen, I'm not here to, uh, you know, I mean, listen, but Vocal Fam, I do want to give credit also where credit is due. Since we have Sarah Wigley on the podcast, my the whole color exercise that we talked about yes. back, way back in Treble Middle Voice, and and go back to that episode, Fall of 2020, Treble Middle Voice, and listen to it, that, that was Sarah's exercise that Yvonne shared. So I just, and then I was talking about it again. When was that? This year sometime. We talked I, about I, it a bunch. I, I, I use that exercise all the time. Students love it. They're like, oh, I get it. Like, I don't, there's something about colors that, I don't know, it really clicked with several of my students this year, which was nice. Wow. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm humbled and honored and um, thank you. And I'm, oh, it just use it. <laughs> We use it. Oh, yeah. We, 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 we use it. I'm a it. fan. Yeah. She's oh. got an amazing presentation for that, and I'm trying to point her into writing about it more. Oh, so we'll see where that goes. I've sworn off writing. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. like, uh, so dramatic. Well, I can understand why, my friend. I can definitely understand why. You know, I also wanted to get to, since we still have Julie, also talk about one of the beautiful things that Julie does so well is she's a good producer um and so so for example i will let her and sarah talk about because we have these versatile singers the kind of programs a kind of um shows we can do mm. with that training and that understanding so i'm gonna let the two of them talk a little bit about that because they put a lot of work into it sure so um i if you want to julie want to take it <laughs> If you have an idea, then I think you should you should talk. So I think we could use this season as a perfect example because um, just coming out of COVID, we all did the best we could, but we're it was a little bit more. You know what I mean? That sounds um, right. Yeah. But it, just in the, right, like head on the table. Um, just in this semester, we started out and we did this. This was all Julie's brainchild and Nathan's as well. Um, a kind of a cornucopia of French music we called Carnival and it had everything from Bizet to Edith Piaf and Jacques Brel and it so we oh, had phenomenal. every type of student imaginable we had freshmen to very advanced DMA students and every type of of music sung in the French language um, with orchestra and there was choreography we had um, you know Disney songs in French for the younger That's singers um, it was really really fun and then immediately simultaneously we're we were already coaching Notes de Figaro which Nathan directed and on top of that I was rehearsing there was a day we actually had simultaneous rehearsals I was upstairs um, directing the Marvelous Wanderettes which is a 50s and 60s jukebox musical mm -hmm. and Notes was downstairs so you could hear some of the recit going on and I'm like doing like you know son of a preacher man upstairs I mean we are <laughs> that's phenomenal in the same exact night um, so and then we immediately uh, closed those shows and had Beth Morrison projects come out and do a workshop of a brand new piece with the entire writing team um, called The Voice well, it doesn't really have a title right now it's based on the life of Hildegard von Bingen so it, that all happened Delightful. from February until like a week ago. So I mean, so everything sort of under the sun from new work to um, opera to art song to Disney to jukebox musicals, 50s and 60s tunes. It's happening simultaneously all the time. And Julie produces well, the, all of it. I think the diversity is, <laughs> it sound, I don't want to take credit for us <laughs> we we choose the diversity based on if you 
um, if you're good at the Marvelous Wonderettes, you may not be as good at Figaro. And so we, <laughs> it, does, it does allow us to kind of, we, we cast the widest net possible so that the most people can shine. We don't, we don't um, actually pre-cast these things or, and we don't, we don't expect, we don't allow people to expect that they're always going to be cast in things, but mm -hmm. we do feel like if we are broad enough, then they have a chance to find a place where they are truly excellent. Yeah. Um, and that's worked out pretty well, I think. I, you know, I, I, whenever I teach like a class for people who are finishing up a program, a senior or second year masters, I'm always happy to see that they all found, they all pretty much found their way. Um, and I think that's part of being in a, in a music school that's competitive. I don't mean competitive in a negative way, but I mean yeah. like where you have more than one choice for each role. Yeah. Um, because you can start to find your, you can start to find your way a little bit better and what you're suited to, what you like. Um, so it's kind of, I don't know, that seems like a contradiction of what we said about teaching everybody to sing everything, but it's not really. Um, it's just, um, we want people to find themselves also. Yeah. You know, we are very, we say to the people who come in, if you come out of this all the same, we will feel we have failed. Mm -hmm. we, we don't want you all to be the same. We want to find out about you and how you're made and, and celebrate that. And if they're not performers, we, we also want to celebrate that. Like, we are going to help them find what they are. And there are so many roles in this world and in this industry that are complicated and take a lot of knowledge of what we do, of technical knowledge, but they also take knowledge of repertoire, knowledge of how people work. And it, it's just a huge pleasure for me to see them all develop that way. You know, we just did a finished sharing a senior showcase um, with some industry professionals. And it's just to see these kids become their best selves and be able to put themselves forward as, you know, brand new adults in the industry is, I don't know, it's just very satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things that are just you know coming to my mind is 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 this idea that we in the end we do want them to actually find what their specialization though can be too i mean yes i mean because like i'm thinking of one of my gra current graduate students and who mm -hmm. who is is definitely more of a musical theater specialist mm -hmm. but we've been using some of the ideas that she was already more confident in to enhance her classical singing voice and help it find a better place you know even though i do i think that that's what she's going to go out and flourish as does does she want, want to, to do, yeah. you know maybe yeah. not but but we're trying to use it's kind of like a philosophy i heard shared in a master class once which was rather than rather than focusing as the master class clinician rather than focusing on what's already what's wrong rather than that focus on what's already right and try to enhance that thing and make it better rather than try to f maybe fix quote unquote mm -hmm. something that's maybe not as efficient um and i i thought i was like yeah i mean that's kind of that's kind of what we're doing really i mean in the end um you know we have at least we have an opportunity to do um you know as we're navigating you know these diverse styles and all that so i mean mm -hmm. it so you know, y'all are giving a presentation on this at Nats. Like, what what's yeah. gonna be the like like is it is it gonna be a what what's that gonna be about? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we, Sarah and I have been talking about this for some time. You know, this process was long and complex, mm -hmm. and I think we all felt like that we learned a lot of lessons building this thing. And so we're hoping to kind of le give tips to groups of people who are really struggling with how do we do this um, and so we'd like them to leave with some ideas that um, about philosophy development for example as Sarah was talking about earlier um, about um, collaboration which Julie was talking about between the multiple schools oh Sarah was talking about but Julie did a lot of work with um, about collaboration with people who are creating new material. 
Yeah. And how do you bring that to your school? And, you know, Julie is truly good at that. So we have had someone workshop a musical with us, and we, Beth Morrison Projects, we have this relationship with Beth Morrison Projects that Julie has really, um, has, has really uh, grown, and it's, it's really important for our students to meet composers and lyricists mm-hmm. and, and producers of, of new works and what is involved in that process. And I don't know if, Julie, you want to say more about that. Well, thank you, Ivana. Actually, I see this balance as important, too, because uh, now we've had musical theater long enough that there are plenty of, of, of musical theater greats who have left us, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're, st- we're still um, performing their work. But um, I feel like working with, with living composers, it sparks that creative part of people that I think they need to bring to things that are classical and I you know Oklahoma is as classical as as Elixir of Love in this story but um, (laughs) yeah I think I think you we all know as performers that the greats and the recordings of the greats or even the goods you know they get on our they climb up our back and they make us really self-conscious and then there's lots of unfortunately a lot of fans of opera and musical theater who are happy to pile on you know well that was good but i thought that uc burling in 52 was just a little bit better um, you know and that's not really the thing that helps singers you know no i mean can we talk about funny girl on broadway right now my goodness exactly that was the whole review exactly you weren't you aren't barbara streisand are you of course she's not and Uh, so when you work with a new composer, a living composer, you start to feel some loyalty and compassion towards that person who's trying so hard to write a beautiful piece. Mm-hmm. And, and they're completely reliant on us to, yeah. to, make, to make it come to life. And, and I think if our students can understand that, they can take a creative leadership uh, in an artistic sense, position where, where where they understand what story are we trying to tell and why is the score that way? You know, I tell them all the time in coaching, they could have written anything. Why did they write that? You know, think about it. It, it was a choice. And I, I, why, why not something else? I mean, th- we were just talking about this on our episode with David Sisko and Laura Joseph for two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, David as a composer and a creator of new musicals. And, you know, not only is it is it an important skill for the student to learn, but also if you can actually successfully understand how to work with new works and composers and creative teams, mm-hmm. it's also an opportunity to have another outlet to make money. Mm-hmm. It is a functional skill set to have, and and if you're good at it, people will rehire you. Um, yes, we were so. I felt like I. It looked like we had bribed our panel this last week mm-hmm. when we had them come in to talk to our seniors. But Lonnie Price, the stage director, was saying he really thinks that that these kids should get into these workshops. And he said, you know, he said, you don't need to get cast, honestly. People will remember the excellent work you did. And what we really need is people who can read music because mm-hmm. we don't have time to teach you an entire show by rote when nope. we only have a week to do it. And it looked a little bit like, you know, we had paid them off on behalf of our musicianship colleagues, but uh, it's just true. Some of the music's kind of hard. That, <laughs> I, I mean, l- I mean, listen. <laughs> you look at, I mean, let's go back to even anything written in the last twenty years. You look at that Wild Party score. That Wild Party score is, is brutal. Um, you know, so I mean, yeah, I mean, precisely that. I mean, you know, I don't know that every single score is that difficult, but I mean, nevertheless, yeah. we um, just heard auditions for Little Night Music, and we needed uh, people. Uh, who could sing a lot of the right notes? Yep. Very <laughs> you know. into that. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Just, if I made the right notes, I'm gonna brag on my son for just a second. I never do this on the podcast. But I'm gonna do this for a second. My son did his first musical theater audition of all time this spring for his Broadway Junior for his youth acting troupe here at our professional theater. <laughs> He's 12. <gasps> 
he sang Jack's song from Into the Woods with all those crazy intervals, nailed it, got himself a full scholarship. And he and I said, I said, Charlie, I'm just so proud of you for learning this song. And he's like, why? I said, because it's hard. And he yeah. goes, it is? Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> it was good. He was, he was really good, yeah, you know, and his voice has just changed, mm-hmm. and you know this, that, and the other. But I, I mean, you know, I guess he has two parents that are somewhat musical. But, um, <laughs> but still, y'all haven't pushed him in any way in that we've, regard. We've not. No, huh? he's finding his own. He's finding his own. But anyway, I just you know thinking about just diff- some of this difficult music the right and, the, and the song time and singing the right notes. Just singing the right notes. I was like, yeah, that's that's the right notes. Uh, that's uh, we also had done on, on our fall scenes. We had done a week a weekend in the country. Country. So, um, and just speaking of the, the right notes, speaking of the right notes, was a journey. <laughs> yeah, it was a journey. It was, it was a, a journey. journey. It was it was a it was a weekend in the country. Yeah, I wasn't sure we'd get there, but we did. We, we, we got eventually there. We got, made the journey. We got to the country. Eventually. Yeah, we got there. Um, but uh, you know, was, and, and and really, Nick. So to get back about you know what can people at Nats expect if they come mm-hmm. to our presentation, we're also going to talk about that about. You know, how does one go about um, producing new works? How, do, how does one work with another person who's interested in doing that? Um, so I, I guess we're just going to be there to talk and say, you can do this. This is how we did it. You might be interested in how we did it and why. Um, and uh, so, I, you know, really just kind of to encourage this because when we started this process, I thought, oh, my God, what are we doing? I don't think it's ever going to work. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to work, and it and it did, and and really that's a testament to just Julie can really just see things happening in the future before any of us can, <laughs> and she's sure. just so dogged about it. She just keeps going and keeps going, and so you know I really do credit a lot of the success of this program to her. Um, spearheading it, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And and I think there's a lot of knowledge there that a lot of people are curious to hear about. And so we hope to be able to share some of those tips and, you know, sort of, like I said, jot them down so that people can take them home with them. And then, of course, feel free to reach out and, you know, make, make some connections with people because we, you know, we all need each other, as That's we right. know. Mm-hmm. We all can't know everything. And, right. and we need each other. Um, <laughs> That's good. Julie's laughing. <laughs> what what day? What what <laughs> day are y'all presenting? What day are y'all presenting, Yvonne? Sunday. Sunday. Ooh. Brilliant. So on the weekend. On the weekend, vocal fam. So if you're in Chicago this summer for Nats, they're on Sunday. Make sure you're around. Make sure I you're. Be, uh, I will be sorry to miss it. I will be at Glimmerglass. I'm the uh, interim director of the Young Artist Program. You know, and just which is just very casual. Very lyric theater like, I have to say. Uh, we are I'm, we are trying to get musical theater young artists in the course of Carmen because we want them to dance. Uh, and so I don't think anybody besides us would would do that. I was just, you know, I th- think it's so fun. So we're sending them recordings of the French language and <laughs> uh, <laughs> talking about it's a huge adventure for them too, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, as a person who was trained as a classical singer originally when i'm asked to dance it's an adventure so uh as uh god bless the choreographer here at our pro theater when we did the reopening last last spring for their theater and she's like now we're gonna dance for this number and she's like how much experience do you all have dancing or or how good are you all at dancing and everybody's kind of like i'm a six or seven and i'm like let's just see how this goes out of what (laughs) yeah that's that's meanwhile I was like, I thought I was here to sing "Finishing the Hat," not not uh, to. <laughs> well, you know, I have to say, one, I want to tell you one more story. My, I thought our greatest uh, triumph in this area was when Sarah Wigley directed what most people call "Cutting Little Vicks," and we called uh, "Little Sharp Adventures of Little Sharp Ears." Uh-huh. And the dance call, I liked it because I liked the idea of all of these twenty-year-olds being in the Anacheck Opera. And I, I couldn't think of any other way to make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. But the dance call was you had to like spontaneously move like a chicken. Or, like, <laughs> Wait, I could do that. A, wolf, <laughs> a fox. I've never been so glad not to be 
on the other side of the table. <laughs> That's hilarious because we actually had our Godspell cast this spring do a very similar exercise as part of the call, like the audition call. Uh, we had them crawl around like animals at one point uh, as part of their <laughs> as part of their improv exercise, actually, because we wanted to see their their improv chops. And I'll say it was quite an exercise because one of our cast members, it was through those improv exercises Committed. that we gave her the role that we did yeah. to be eventually. Then you know we we replaced the whole Trump bit with a Jeff Bezos bit, and she yeah. was Jeff Bezos, um, uh, and you know w- wearing a cowboy hat with his own theme song, going to space. I mean, it was fantastic. Um, anyway, listen, Sarah and I are going to have to go, but thank oh, you, yeah. the three of you, for making time yes, for the Vocal Fam. You. I know you're thank all you. so very busy in finals and, uh, and doing oof. exams and juries and blah, 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 blah. Vocal Fam, listen, if you are out there in this world and, and you're not done with the spring semester yet, you know that I, I have you in my thoughts because... You're so close. Because this podcast is the end of my academic year right here. Um, so the rest of it. you... Yeah. <laughs> May you Y'all all do it. may you all have a prosperous, healthy finish. Sarah, Julie, Yvonne, thank you so so yes, much. Thank you. Uh, Sarah, my Sarah, what'd you have for breakfast? Oh, I had baked oatmeal this morning. Baked oatmeal, not overnight oats. Not overnight oats. Not, not overnight, overnight oats. Baked, baked oatmeal. And baked it. Did it stay with you better this time? Yes. Okay, very yes, good. Much better. Sarah, luck. you're getting healthier and healthier as the years go by. There was no cookie. But am oh well, no if chocolate know a secret, chips. There was definitely chocolate chips in this. Oh. There were definitely, but they were dark chocolate. Does that make it better? <laughs> you and I. Yes, so much healthier. Yeah. Yeah, that that made it healthy, right? It's still oatmeal. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm eating my salad here. In, <laughs> yeah, and you're in my the middle middle aged frame. Uh, yeah, anyway, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. vocal fam. Um, this is this has been great. Yeah. Yes, Yvonne, did you want to say something? No, I think no, she was just waving. Thank you. I want to say thank you so much to you guys for giving us this opportunity. Oh, please, it's we our it's our it. pleasure. And Yvonne and I will be doing something with Joshua Glasner also at Nats, and yeah, we'll we'll cool share thing. about that at some point and and uh, when we have a chance and actually know what we're doing. And we just gotta uh, get to the end of the semester. It's end of the semester, it, guys. Know, it's, it's, I just want to say I know what we're doing. We just <laughs> you just don't know what you're doing. Okay, yet. fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. Um, we will be back with you, Vocal Fam, next, next week, week with our Ooh. full uh, Doctor Strange, Strange review mm-hmm. um, because we called some things correctly this time, mm-hmm. um, and then some things, and then some things. Not so we much. Just, whatever. What are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Um, yeah. But uh, that's Marvel in a nutshell. Anyway, enjoy the end of your school year, Vocal yes. Fam. We'll be back at you later. All right, peace. All right, thank you. Thank. Yeah.